0: to the Board Shorts Podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Cook, and I'm here with another easy-to-digest dose of valuable board and company director-related information designed to help you to get on board and thrive in the boardroom. Today, you're listening to episode 54, Insider Tips from a Board Recruiter. Now, I had visions of interviewing uh, a board recruiter who I know here in Adelaide all about understanding more of the relationship between aspiring board member, board that wants said aspiring board member and board recruiter and how best to I guess tap into that and understand it and leverage it, of course, to help you to get on board. The person I ended up speaking with, who I have enormous respect and admiration for, uh, did not want to be interviewed on a podcast and told me that they don't, so he and his firm usually don't do a lot of, um, spruiking or speaking or interviews or things like that, what they would rather have is that their work and the quality of their work speak for themselves. If, if you have been around here any period of time, you would know that that's very much in alignment with my idea of being so good they can't ignore you, which is a bit of a Cal Newport Uh, philosophy to adopt into your professional career. So naturally, I thought that was fantastic and had a lot of respect for that. So in line with that acknowledgement and respect, I won't necessarily share who it is. Um, For those savvy people who know the Adelaide board space may be able to deduce from what I share today who it is that's cool that's fine I'm sure he won't mind that um and I'm sure he probably wouldn't mind if I mentioned who it was uh but I don't think I will I'll let um I'll let just what he shares speak for himself and I hope that you guys understand (laughs) and I hope that I can give some value and um really express what I felt was the essence of the conversation that he and I had uh, when we had it a few weeks ago when he gave me some information to pass on to the audience of board shorts and hopefully it helps you uh, as you travel along your board journey and interact with board recruiters. So that's the essence of today. I'm going to highlight some of the main points of the conversation that uh, the recruiter wanted to get across that I think are worth keeping in mind. Surprisingly or unsurprisingly, (laughs) as it may be, there's nothing earth-shattering with what he shared. So I think that's a great thing. Um it's certainly in a personal aspect reassuring that what I've been telling you guys all this time uh, is in alignment with how recruiters are operating in the board space. So yay and um, if you've been around the Get On Board Australia community, if you've been listening to the Board Shorts podcast for some time, what I share may not seem that outrageous but knowing and doing are two different things. And it's always worth reminding ourselves of those essential, critical elements of something like a board search strategy to make sure that what you're doing is getting you to where you want to go. Because at the end of the day, (laughs) that's what we want to have happen. So... I guess what I'll do is just jump in to what this board recruiter had to share but I've just reminded myself of something. I do want to qualify what I mean by board recruiter. It's a oftentimes it's a shorthand that I use to mean anyone who is doing recruitment activity for a board opportunity. So it could mean a person who is literally a professional recruiter who is engaged by a board to do a talent search for potential candidates to fill this opportunity. I also use it to mean actual boards who do their own recruitment for new candidates And I lump those in generally with board recruiters when I talk about board recruiters. Today I am talking about the first version of board recruiter, which is a professional recruiter who is engaged by boards uh, to run a talent search, which makes it feel like um, some sort of, so you think you can board Australia. Uh, It runs a talent search for for boards that engage him to run that and to quite possibly do the first round of interviews to get to that shortlist and then interview with uh, a representative or representatives from the board that has engaged them. So I am talking about a literal recruiter. Not every board role goes via a recruiter, but I'm seeing more and more of it, whether it's just um, my cognitive bias and I've been noticing it (laughs) a little bit more, but I do feel in general, boards and board opportunities are being more broadly marketed, which I think is fantastic because that is the only way that you can, well, it's not the only way, it's one of the main ways that a board can deepen its talent pool is by reaching out beyond the existing network that the organisation has, that they have, and that their fellow board members have. This is how we widen the net to catch more people. And online tools, particularly LinkedIn, is a fantastic platform uh, so, if you're not on LinkedIn yet, or it has been some time since you've updated your profile, I would highly recommend getting in and doing that. Um, so, in general, I think I'm seeing a lot more proactive, outward facing activity with boards undertaking their recruitment rather than just keeping it a behind closed doors kind of process, which is cool. So, enter board recruiters. A lot of board recruiters. Um, will get engaged by boards, as I've mentioned. They'll tend to not do, and I really don't want to offend anyone with what I say, Um, so please don't read more into what I'm about to say than what is actually the point that I'm trying to make. Board recruiters will be engaged for boards that aren't that aren't kind of what I'm going to describe as sort of entry-level boards. And I don't mean that to discount the work they do, the seriousness of them. Everyone knows that every board role um, should be approached with the same level of respect and um, diligence as any other board role. So... (laughs) You're not going to generally get the local soccer club engaging a board recruiter for their board members. Small not-for-profits are going to be resource-constrained unless a recruiter is doing it on a pro bono basis. It generally won't be recruited for by an external recruiter. They'll run an internal recruitment process. And there's nothing wrong with that. (laughs) This is... um, I just really want to position what board recruiters do, where they enter into the position, into the picture of board recruitment so you understand what you're getting into if you're starting to engage with recruiters. So recruiters are going to be that next level up. It's going to not necessarily be for paid boards, um, but it will be for boards of organisations that have substantial uh, assets, that have substantial revenues, Um, that do need that additional rigour to their recruitment process and would feel that the process will be served better if they had an external expert supporting them through that activity. That activity being recruiting new board members. So this is where recruiters generally will come into it. Um, So It's good for you (laughs) as an aspiring board member to understand all this, to kind of get the lay of the land as to how recruiters work in the board space. Um, And then it just goes up from there. So, of course, they they may do paid board roles um, and and larger not-for-profits. So it's worth approaching any interaction with a board recruiter with the understanding that how you deal with this here and now is going to tell a story about you that this recruiter is going to remember for the future. And it goes to my first point that this board recruiter, uh, Mr. Recruiter, told me and made it emphatically clear that you need to treat every interaction with anyone as though that person is a potential referee and look for chances every day in your professional or personal capacity to do something without immediate personal gain. So that's the first underlying point I want to emphasise is that... (laughs) With Even with your dealings directly with this recruiter, if it is part of you uh, getting in touch with this recruiter because of a board position that they're promoting, for you to not just treat this recruiter with respect and as if they're going to be a person vouching for your character and and your personality and and what skill set you're bringing, Um, but to take that mindset into everyone. Of course, you hear the horror stories of um, a candidate who went into his office, treated the reception staff very poorly, which meant that he just cancelled the interview and said, thank you, you can just go home now. So I'm not... I doubt most people are like that. (laughs) I'd like to hope so anyway. But it's worth keeping in mind... And and this isn't just an Adelaide thing where we have a small city and you're about one and a half to two degrees of separation from everyone it feels like sometimes. But this is everywhere. This is all over Australia and it's nearly all over the world. As you start to um, get into a space that is relatively small and I am sort of referring to boards, there's a lot of crossover with who you know and who knows who, and who comes back to you, and all of that kind of six degrees of separation gets really small. It gets down to two or three. So you need to take that mindset into everything that you do that this person could be the person vouching for you. What would they say about you if you weren't there? And I kind of don't like the fact that I have to premise this with you've got to do that so you get something from it. I would like to think that you um, and I would like to hope that because you listen to this show um, that you're just a nice person anyway (laughs) and you treat everyone with the same level of respect and consideration as you would in any setting. Um, I certainly try and do that in my life. I'm probably not perfect and, yes, I do make mistakes. We all do. But it's just keeping that in mind and especially in the board space, this board recruiter, they're going to do their own due diligence or whether it's this recruiter or the person on the board who's looking into the shortlisted candidates If they know you or have heard of you or might see that you work in the same organisation as their good mate from the footy club, they're going to be asking about you. So this is why I'm always emphasising the importance of personal brand and what is the reputational wake that you leave. This is where it comes in handy. So your board recruiter is just as important in that ecosphere, if I can call it that. And you you just have to t- treat everyone with respect and hope and do everything in your power to ensure that the story that people tell about you when you're not there is the story you want them to be telling. So I guess that is my first point. <laughs> <laughs> um and it did have the little tail end on that about look for chances every day to do something without immediate personal gain. And this really just speaks to I I feel the importance of your network, your professional and personal network, and that you it, it could be really valuable for you to treat people in your network as though you want to give generously To them and help support them in any way and do them favours or give them referrals, whatever it is, without the need or expectation of an immediate personal gain from that. My husband is fantastic at this and um, in the episode that he is in, uh, I think it's in the 40s, but I'll I'll link it in the show notes. We touch on this as well, why it's important to uh, not only establish and build your network but to nurture your network as well because that's where board opportunities are going to come from as well as from other places as well. (laughs) So that's my first point. Treat everyone with equal respect and consideration as you would anyone else, and as you would expect them to treat you, Um, and do things for your network, for people in your network, without the expectation of immediate personal gain. The third thing that uh, this recruiter wanted to really emphasise as well is that there is for, for most board roles that the recruiter is advertising for is that there is an oversupply of great candidates. So be aware that there will be excellent competition against you. This is why I talk about all the different facets of Um, like I said, the network, the personal brand, the unique value proposition, making sure you're setting a board goal, positioning yourself correctly for that, and really um, highlighting that unique value proposition that you have in a way that's compelling to the organization that you're positioning yourself for. Uh, That's how you can stand out. But For every one of you, there's many more of you. (laughs) So really keeping your ego in check is critical in this regard. If you are someone who has uh, quite often been headhunted in your professional career, uh, just know that that is unlikely to carry forward into your board career there's not a lot of headhunting per se in the board space. There's exceptions, of course. Um, If you're that magical unicorn that everyone wants, you may get headhunted to boards. Uh, And if that's you, I am so proud of you. Fantastic. (laughs) For most of us mere mortals, uh, we just have to do our best and play the game that is there and understand that there's many players and rarely you not getting on a board is necessarily because of you. It's because of something or someone else. Um, So I've talked often in other spaces around really keeping in mind that there's a lot going on on boards and recruiting is usually... Um, quite low on the list unless it's panic stations, but other things are, are sort of getting priority. So be patient, it might happen. Or it might not, things happen on boards. So oversupply of great candidates Keep that in mind and it's why we I encourage you to come back to your fundamentals around making sure that you're really setting a strong board goal so that that goal aligns with your unique value proposition and your unique value proposition aligns with that board and it allows you to really position yourself in the eyes of the board as the candidate that they need to have. It's imperative that boards and leadership teams can easily and quickly get a hold of the information they need, and at the same time ensure the right people see the right information. Unparalleled security and data protection features like permission management and compliance flexibility give you confidence and control over your organization's most sensitive data. See what this type of peace of mind looks like with Onboard by Passageways. Go to bit.ly forward slash OB security. That's bi dot forward slash O for Orange, B for Bob security. The next point I wanted to make is a little bit of... Um, an eye opening conversation that I had with this board recruiter. And it's a little bit of a bugbear that I have as well, um, in a general sense. And I was not aware that this was also happening at a recruiter, sense, at a recruiter level. So <laughs> I've really encapsulated this to, to give you a, a, a word of caution to beware of board recruiters who are playing both sides. And this is what I mean by that. Some recruiters act, well, many, all recruiters need to act in the interest of their client, which is usually a board. Um, If they, so they will receive payment and direction from a client who is usually a board looking for candidates then say these recruiters charge aspiring board members a fee to either coach them or put them forward for these board opportunities. So they're receiving payment from both sides of the equation. And if they're receiving a payment from you to get, the, to get you onto a board – then that recruiter may have difficulty in ensuring their interests remains with the initial client who is the board looking for candidates. So there's definitely that kind of potential conflict of interest to be aware of so you don't get caught up in the middle of that Uh, because I would hate for that kind of thing to damage your reputation as much as it does potentially damage the reputation of the recruiter. I'm also wary of what I define as pay for play in the boardroom, where only people who can afford to pay for the right connections or pay for access to roles are the only ones who end up in the boardroom. That really is not great for diversity and it's not a great way to end up with the best person for the role, it is a bit of a system that doesn't have great long-term outcomes in my mind. Uh, Of course, there's exceptions, but in general, anything like that that uh, you pay to get guaranteed a board seat just to me feels a little icky uh, for those reasons. So however you choose to go about your board journey, your board career, getting onto a board, just use your own discernment on those different avenues that are available to you. Only you know what is best for you and what sits right in your mind. Uh, so just think a little bit about it, um, and just make sure that you're engaging with processes and people and organisations that you feel are credible. So that's to say on that, <laughs> this, uh, this recruiter that I spoke to did highlight that to me. I thought, wow, that was very interesting and um, even shared a story with me about a... Um, a person, so a a board candidate or someone who was an aspiring board member, just really reached out to a recruiter to have a very informal conversation about um, how they would go about positioning and getting themselves onto a board. And unbeknownst to them, after they finished the conversation uh, and left the next that afternoon or the next day received an invoice for that meeting from the recruiter uh and and didn't know that that was happening so these kind of things are out there just make sure you don't get caught up in that Uh, it's worth just checking whether you need to pay for advice and i i do think that anyone who has an expertise shouldn't feel that they need to give it out for free uh, it's really up to them, and if you are engaging with that expertise, that you do pay for it, but that needs to be really laid out up front. You need to know what you're getting into, so <laughs> that old um, bait and switch kind of thing. It's a little bit ordinary in my mind, so just just be aware of that. Um, I do want to start turning it back towards some positive things to keep in mind. Uh, there's some some suggestions, recommendations that this recruiter uh, recommends around your resume. So we're going to sort of focus on this resume part of it now. um, Of course, if you've been around this podcast, the Get On Board Australia website, or followed me through the month of May on LinkedIn, which is Board Resume Month, you would see some of these. They'd sound very familiar. So first and foremost, I think I want to step Back before you actually work on your resume. Um, I did some searching on this particular recruiter's website and it turns out that they have information on their website about their preferences about receiving your resume or the format and structure that they would want to see your resume in. And I made a note of that because I wanted to give you that tip that if you are replying to an advertisement for a board opportunity and you see it's through a recruitment firm is to do some searching and see if you can find anything either on their website or in some content of interviews that they've given in the recent past (laughs) about their preferences on how your resume is structured there's no one right way to rule them all and so having some flexibility in how you present your resume is worth adopting and adapting to Uh, but check out what those recruiters want and adjust your resume and your cover letter to suit that (laughs) but in general this recruiter always advises that less is more so you want bullet points not paragraphs where it's not necessary you want fact not spin and you want examples of of what I can read into this you want examples that prove and demonstrate your unique value proposition and ideally you would want to do that in one page (laughs) that's a bit of a challenge Um, But he did say if that isn't enough, if one page isn't enough, then anything else you write is unlikely to make a difference. That is very harsh. So I would challenge you to take your regular-sized board resume and try and pull it down to a one-page highlight reel. And see how that looks. Test it with some people. I would not recommend testing it straight up on an opportunity. Uh, You want to make sure that you run that by some trusted advisors to to just double check that you're on the right path and it's not diminishing you in any way. I would hate for that to happen. So think about that. Uh, So they're the, the things that he wanted to make sure was covered off about your resume um, and on your cover letter as well. Some people don't want a cover letter, some people do. This recruiter does. They have a preference of receiving a cover letter. So as I said, try and find that information about their preferences regarding the structure and format and content of your cover letter and CV if you can and especially if it's not directly addressed in the board advertisement because that will have a lot of information about what they want to know about you then add that on top of it and it should be nice and they'll be very receptive to your cover letter and cv so that was the last point I wanted to make about that they were my insights from a board recruiter Firstly, to recap, treat every interaction as though the person is a potential referee, uh, whether you know it or not. Second, look for chances every day to do something for someone in your professional or personal network without the expectation of immediate personal gain. Um, Thirdly, keep in mind there is an oversupply of great candidates for roles so be aware that you're going to have some excellent competition and what you should do about that and lastly or fourth actually was just being aware of the board recruiters who may be playing both sides of the equation and with your resume there are things that you can do to make it clear, concise, to the point, no fluff, and in one page if you can. (laughs) That's your challenge for today. Um, I hope this was illuminating, uh, enlightening. If you have any questions about the conversation that I had with this board recruiter, please reach out to me. You can through the Get On Board Australia website, which is getonboardaustralia.com.au forward slash podcast. Uh, If you had any questions on this or any comments that you would like to add to your experiences with board recruiters or if you're a board recruiter, how you do it differently and make sure that you avoid conflicts of interest and really do care for the candidate through that whole process. Uh, I would love to hear that. If there's any any content, any topics that you would like me to address or cover or touch on, again, reach out to me through getonboardaustralia.com.au. Otherwise, I look forward to talking with you in the next episode. If you haven't already, I invite you to subscribe, rate, and review the Board Shorts podcast on your favourite podcast app. And please feel free to share that you're listening and what your takeaways are from this episode on social media using the hashtag Board Shorts Podcast. The Board Shorts Podcast is powered by Get On Board Australia, the destination for aspiring and new board members, helping you to get on board and thrive in the boardroom.